0: Welcome. This week, we're joined by Kristen Hall for our first ever two-part episode. Kristen is a pastry chef and co-owner of The Essential and Bandit. Both are amazing restaurants that keep our tum-tums full and happy. So make sure you check them out ASAP and tune in next week for part two of Kristen's episode. Thanks.
1: I, I joke around that maybe the biggest mistake was that I chose, you know, <laughs> to open a restaurant. <laughs> What adventures you're going to find or what like what the business itself is actually going to be. Mm -hmm. You know, as a creative entrepreneur, you know, it's a it's a different scene when you make food for people. Right. And serve it to them because, you know, it's not like a it isn't a static sort of situation um, where you're like make a piece of art and then you put it out into the world, which is also terrifying. I mean, right. It's all terrifying. Um, but you put it out into the world and you're like, okay, well, this is what I wanted it to be because mm-hmm. I created it mm-hmm. uh, in my own time, in my own space. Um, but service, like hospitality and food is just like the opposite, yeah. right? Yeah. So you're like, because, you, uh, you know, a guest has their own perspectives of what they right. want to be served. And so yeah. it was like, well, that wasn't my, i that, that's not what I intended for yeah. that to be. Um, and so you just have to sort of... Um, and it and it happens in real time, yeah. so it's such a weird kind of thing. I mean, I've been <clears throat> sick for weeks, right? Um, <laughs> which is why we couldn't do this before. Um, you know, I've been I've, I've been a visual artist before um, before I did food, and so yeah, you you work on a thing, and then you hope that you you put it out into a space where a lot of people judge it, mm-hmm. um, but they don't necessarily say it out loud. You know, right. you sort of. Uh, you go to shows and you set up and you, you know, you hope you do well and you get good yeah. feedback and, you know, negative feedback or, or no sales, which is, you know, yeah. negative <laughs> feedback. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then, you know, in food and hospitality, it happens in real time, right. um, as like a real person with feelings and emotions on, on all sides. It's yeah. a really interesting, um,
2: I feel like people would have a lot more, they'd be a lot more vocal about it as well because absolutely like an immediately vocal. And Absolutely. there's so many different like, it could whatever you're doing could work for seventy five percent of the people, but then that other twenty five percent could be extremely vocal about their distaste or whatever it is. Exactly. And then it's like, how do you weigh what's important and what you should adjust? Going Absolutely. Forward.
1: Yeah, and I think that's really that's something that has been really just on my mind a lot too. Is just you know no one really tells you when you you know sort of like take whatever leap that you're going to take. You know, obviously I. I took a really big one, right? <laughs> um, sort of a, a no going back kind of kind of choice, but um, no one really tells you that like success and failure are are betwixt, yeah. right? And so it's really learning if you're going to be successful as an entrepreneur, especially one in the creative field, you have to like because it's you know food and and for me obviously pastry but it's also developing spaces and yeah. you know it's all of the those kinds of things and you have to like be ready for people to tell you that they don't like what you do yeah. right. or they don't like you or yeah. whatever like yeah. and you and it's yeah and it it is they're they're so vocal and you could please 99 out of 100 guests. And that one that was unhappy, yeah. they may or may not have even told you they were unhappy, but then they have all of these different vehicles now mm-hmm. via Yelp and reviews yeah. and all kinds of other things where they could just tell you whatever they think.
2: Yeah, um, Are you
0: like most people that focus more on the negative than the positive?
1: You know, I think that, I mean, to be honest, I stopped reading reviews. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. it, And it's interesting, you know, Victor and I have been partners for... Uh, five years now, which is hard wow, to believe. That's crazy. I, I know it's yeah. really, really crazy. Um, and you know, I think he and I both have. I mean, we're very we're wired very differently in terms of emotion. Um, and you know, for me, I learned that I just couldn't read them yeah. right. I mean, and the good news is that we. I mean, we do read them generally. Um, but for me, it is really hard to move on yeah. past sort of this negative experience that a yeah. person had. Um, and, you know, restaurants are insanely hard. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I, I joke around that maybe the biggest mistake was that I'd chose you know to, to open a restaurant <laughs> um, because the food business is insanely hard and yeah. the margins are tiny mm-hmm. um, and all of these things happen in real time mm-hmm. and so like emotionally psychology like psychologically mentally you have to just prepare yourself you know it, it's interesting is like I love service like yeah. the actual service like mm-hmm. lunch and dinner services or breakfast or whatever it is I love that adrenaline and the yeah. the dance that really happens between like front of house and back of house and all these things that you'd hoped for but then you also have to sort of like be ready for any kind of engagement that you have positive or negative um and mentally that's just it's so much <laughs> it's yeah very it's taxing a lot. yeah um yeah i mean like i said i mean I, I for me it is hard like there could be you know Fifty positive reviews. Um, and obviously it matters. It is actually really nice that people are reviewing things more positively too. Yeah. It's like most of the time when people have a bad experience, they'll go read a v- review. Yeah. Right. You know, if they have a great experience, they'll just come back, right? Yeah. And so it, your reviews can look skewed in a negative mm-hmm. direction because obviously the people that write reviews most often write them when they've had a bad experience on right. a good one. So, yeah. um, So, but I don't read them because I just... It's like it, it derails me in a way that's yeah. not healthy, right? Yeah. Like, it's just yeah. not healthy. That kind of feedback from me personally yeah. isn't healthy. Um, and so if – but we – there's always a little nugget in there. so Like, that's the other thing. Like, Victor reads them, and then he, like, filters them through
0: yeah. the Kristen
1: mm-hmm. filter. <laughs> uh, and then he tells me, yeah. like, hey, maybe – I don't know what it is. You know, maybe the, the light was t- is too bright in here. Yeah. Or, right. you know, a guest feels like this portion is too small or something like that. But yeah. – um I, my
2: emotions. It's so can. nice that you have a little buffer, <laughs> right? Because I'm exactly the same way. Like I take feedback so deeply personally that it, whether it's meant to be a personal attack or not, I take it that way, right? And I understand it's like a mental and emotional like conflict constantly because I know mentally, like. It doesn't have a lot to do with you. It's just like what you're representing or whatever it is. Like take it, you know, just a bite at a time. It's okay. But the emotional side of me is like freaking out Mm -hmm. on the inside. My face gets red. I start crying. I'm like, (laughs) I can't even stop it. It's not even, it's like a natural reaction. It it is. And And I think that, yeah, it's like your body takes over. Yeah. And then you spend
1: so much mental energy trying to calm down what really is a natural reaction to to negative feedback, yeah. right? Um, but for me, yeah, for me personally, it, I just spend so much time trying to sort of like de-escalate my own self yeah. that that feedback wasn't wasn't good for me, right? right? It's not that yeah. like – it's not that I don't want feedback. I mean, obviously to get better, you have to have feedback. Yeah. Um, and I think we are – we, Victor and I, are – insanely harsh on our own selves Mm -hmm. um so I think that's also the you know sort of that part of like we've gone into this already being hard on ourselves yeah Yeah. um already being sort of our greatest critic and so when someone else is a critic it just my body yeah Yeah. it just takes over
2: yeah (laughs) I feel like I, I mean, literally I feel the same emotions Mm -hmm. towards that because I would take it as it's like, I'm already so hard on myself and I already like see all the flaws. And then if someone points out something, I'm like, well, I didn't even think that was a flaw. So let's add that to the list. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Then you just kind of get in this hole. But Mm -hmm. I think it's really great that you have learned to just say, no, like I can't do that. It's not worth the emotional energy. And it's wonderful that you have a partner that we'll filter through those and actually yeah. pick out the things that are necessary to like focus on. Yeah.
1: And I, I think the other thing too, is that, you know, devices mean that you, that people can, obviously they send feedback and if you have notifications or all those mm-hmm. kinds of things, like it just, it feeds it to you. So we've yeah. turned, we like, we turned off all the notifications. It's yeah. sort of like when he feels like he can go and read it, then it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it, it Comparison is the thief of joy, and I I know that sounds like such an over you know used statement, but it really is. Like yeah. it doesn't really help us. We're we should just be doing what we do, right? Yeah. And exactly. you know, if, if someone has feedback, obviously we hope that the you know the we hope actually that the shops that we have set up create an environment where people can feel like they can share mm-hmm. how they feel right, right there. You know, yeah. like our you know our shops are really an extension of what we feel like our home is. Right. So that means that like, if you don't like that, that's okay. You know, that's pretty, that's actually great to say in the moment, Hey, I'm not really enjoying this because we make food for joy. And Mm -hmm. so if you're not enjoying it, then, then actually we didn't have the transaction that we had hoped for. So let's get you another option. You know,
0: there's a disconnect.
1: Right. So, um, but I think for me, you know, I've, It's like, especially when you just open a business, you like, you're trying to do all of the things and you try Mm -hmm. to do them all well. And then you're like, well, I should just get stronger. And then I could take feedback or I could read these reviews or I could just be calmer or insert whatever thing you right. feel like you should be to be able yeah. to read these things. But, um, maybe
2: I, maybe that's not me, yeah. you know? And so,
1: yeah, just and accepting it, who, the fact who
2: says that you need to be able to do that. Like that's just because someone else can, doesn't mean that you should be able to. It means that you're focusing your energies on a more positive outcome or something that actually will benefit you in the future. Exactly. If that's not a beneficial thing, then don't do it. Yeah.
1: So, but it's hard cause you know, it it's just, there's it's such a, a part of it. Yeah. It's just a part of it. And it's learning that, yeah, I'm not great at all things. Um, <laughs> and, and even spending the energy to try to be great at other things mm-hmm. is actually a waste of energy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, is. it, it is, um, it's basically there, there's, there are a lot of theories of course about how you should operate your life. But one of them is that, you know, the strengths finder, I don't know if you've ever read this mm-hmm. book, but, um, it's kind of a cheesy corporate book, but it's an interesting concept that, we spend a lot of time, almost all of our time, l- focusing on strengthening our weaknesses mm-hmm. instead of strengthening our strengths. Yeah. yeah. So for me, it's like, that it's just a waste of time. Like, I, it's yes. always going to upset me, right? Yeah. And yeah. so yeah. Uh, and so, if I have limited energy and limited time, then I should focus on the things that I can get better at yeah. versus, like, I'm actually always going to be terrible at taking feedback in that kind of way. Right. 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 It just... <laughs> It's not ever going to change. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, it is what it is. It is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I get, I get upset.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, you get upset. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. um, we had one loft show and then this, like, some, like, indie magazine had just started and mm-hmm. the guy came he was like, this is just some bougie white show for bougie white people. And I was like, No. Like, right. Actually,
2: it's no, it's a complete opposite. <laughs> <of that. laughs> right.
0: I grew up in a trailer. Like I'm not a bougie <laughs> right. white person.
2: Exactly. There is no bougie. Yeah. here. No, you got this space for free, yeah. actually. like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: It, uh, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. It just and people, you know, People are giving feedback also just based off of where, where they are personally, mm-hmm, right? Exactly. And so, uh, you know, I, I call it showing your cards. And it's like, if a person really feels that aggressive about some situation, that's really telling you more about them than yeah. you. Yeah. Um, so, but it's, you know, restaurant reviews have just really changed the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, reviews in general, but obviously I feel like restaurants are the, are the ones that are, like, really focused on. For sure. Um, so... Yeah, I don't read that kind of shit. <laughs> I <think that's
0: laughs> <smart. Right? Yeah. laughs>
2: I do have to say, I, I think that you did make a good point, though. Like, so many people are willing to do a negative review and not necessarily a positive review. And I know that I am completely, not necessarily guilty of that because I, I'm guilty of the lack thereof. Yeah. You know, right. if I enjoy something, I might post about it on social media, but I'm not as likely to go onto a platform like Yelp or Google or something like that that is right. like... Permanent, be there. Right. Permanent forever. Yes.
1: It is a forever
2: situation. And Caitlin. <clears throat> I was just um, about to say from Dreamers. She I is, know. Caitlin is the best about that. She is taken every single Monday and she does local love and she will just go write reviews on like positive reviews on all the things that she loves. And I'm like, I need to do that. Yeah. Like if more people like Absolutely. took that small step, mm-hmm. like it doesn't even take long. And I'm completely speaking to myself <laughs> that I should do this more. But I don't know. Every time I see her post that, I'm like, that is just more people need to do that. I need to do that. Like, because there are places that I do love so intensely and right. I will tell the world verbally, I'll tell them, but right. I, I, that's only in my circle. Sure. And I think
1: the issue too, is that like most of those platforms, if you, if you really do want to leave a positive rev- review, a lot of those platforms are, are negative things. Mm-hmm. And so you're just like, well, I'm just not even going to go
2: you don't want to, add to that add to that yeah. except
1: that it really does add yeah. you know because um, again i mean people read reviews that's fine i you know i i'm not i'm not saying that we do, i don't read reviews right yeah. i i
0: don't either yeah but i
1: don't really read
2: reviews right i mean yeah. if i go to a new city or something i sure. will like type in like top 10 best restaurants or something like that, that and then i'll kind of go through the first couple of reviews to see okay like what did they like about it was it more the atmosphere the more the food or whatever it is to see if that's something that would fit what I'm looking for. Right. Um, but as far as local stuff, Birmingham is a weird city though, because it's so small and so intimate. It's such just a weird city. You hear about things yes. more than you like see. Like if I, this is weird. Like if I've, if a new restaurant opens and I don't hear about it, there's almost like something in me that's like, I don't really want to go. Right. Like if I, if the people that I trust their taste, right. Don't suggest this thing. Then it's probably not going to be for me, and that is the worst way to look at it.
1: But right, but but it is an you know it's just an interesting way that information travels. You know, Um, and Birmingham is it is the tiniest tiny town, Um, and that means it's really great because relationships really matter, right? And so, Mm -hmm. uh, if you spend the time developing genuine relationships with people, then. You know, if if you down the road, which is what happened to me, you know, I had no intention um, of opening a restaurant or being a pastry (laughs) chef or doing any of the things that I currently do. Um, But I'm really happy that I, I did actually spend a long time, you know in other circles, developing friendships um, and, you know, colleagues and things like that. So that when the time came to sort of make an entrepreneurial leap, I actually did have a a good number of friends. And I obviously think that's helped, you know, open, open restaurants.
2: I think sometimes that's the most beautiful way of doing something though, is like in a very unexpected way. And it's kind of like the most organic way that something comes about because you have that support around you and then all of a sudden this thing that you kind of had a passion for that might have been a side business or something like that all of a sudden is like wow I really actually do love doing this thing and I could actually make money at it and it could like further and grow and like I have the support of people around me right I think that that's terrifying first of all because (laughs) it's not in your plan (laughs) but secondly it is it's kind of beautiful because you didn't have a plan and you didn't have oh, right. an expectation so you're kind of open to whatever comes and i think that sometimes you're more grateful for the opportunities that arise because it was not necessarily an expectation right and it wasn't really something that you planned
1: for mm-hmm. or studied for or went to school yeah. for or any of those things so whatever is happening you know i it, people often ask me you know how i opened a restaurant or yeah, like, I was about what, to ask
2: like, what was your journey? Like, how did you get to like where you were at? Because you said it was not at all. Like it was expected. completely <laughs> unexpected. Yeah, I
1: am. So I'm the first college graduate from my family and uh, well, yeah. thank you. Um, and, which is funny. Cause I don't, you know, as the story will go on, um, I don't use any of that, but, <laughs> um, but you know, for me growing up in a, in a home that was really just a, a blue collar you know, hardworking family, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I really wanted to go to college and I wanted to be a doctor. Mm -hmm. So that was the plan. Um, And there weren't very many women that were doctors Mm -hmm. or really going into medicine. And so it was like, okay, well, what is the thing that I can do um, to really sort of push like gender issues and all those kinds Mm -hmm. of things? And I loved math and science. And so it just seemed like a good fit um so i did an undergrad in biology went and did a master's in public health it was like okay well i'm headed towards medicine right um yeah pre-med biology degree and then i went to work at uab in the hospital and i didn't really love that um and it's kind of funny because i loved people like i worked in labor and delivery and postpartum and i loved mamas and babies and the whole process of, of bringing life into the world it was just like a Like, birth is such an amazing, like, crazy thing. Yeah. Um, and I love that part of it, but, like, you know, but the system of medicine was just gross and terrible, and it was all about paperwork and all kinds of other things. So, I ended up sort of becoming a fundraiser for medicine, and that's really, so I kind of did a little bit of a pivot, um, and was a fundraiser in community relations for medicine for a long time, um... And, but I really love to bake and I have two daughters. um, And, you know, I, it was kind of a, again, it's been so much, so much serendipity. Like I was having a conversation with someone um, who was in their early twenties and they were talking about how they could not cook Hmm. and how they could not really care for themselves. And like they were spending a lot of money that they didn't have on buying food, but then there was this element that they were dependent on other people, mm. and there was something in me that was like, uh, "Hell no, not mm-hmm. my yeah. kids!" Right? Yeah. You know. Yeah. And um, there's a lot, um, there's a lot of background sort of story I think to that. But when a woman, or when anyone, but when a woman is dependent on someone else, mm-hmm. um, that puts them in a position maybe they shouldn't be in, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's not something that we always that we really talk about, but I have two daughters and my intention was, you know, I got home and I was like, I don't want my kids to be unable to care for themselves. Right. Right. I mean, cooking is not that hard, at least Mm -hmm. to feed yourself. Um, it's really not that complicated. And, um, I actually didn't grow up in the kitchen. Um, Family time and mealtime was, like, my mom was making food. Please get out of the kitchen. Like, go do something else, and Mm -hmm. I'll call you for dinner. Um, And so I didn't really actually grow up in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have all of these sort of, like, romanticized versions of childhood where I baked with my grandmother, which never – not one time happened to me yeah. but um, <laughs> but conceptually just all that nostalgia and I really wanted that for my kids yeah um, so I wanted it just so that they could really care for themselves they couldn't uh, that they wouldn't have to depend um, on other people to do that mm-hmm. and um, so we started baking at home and it was really very simple. Like, Hey, I want you guys, you know, and they were little, they're still little. So like, you know, I can't really explain that to a three-year-old, but what? I can explain cookie, <laughs> right? Yeah. Cookie is something that makes a lot of sense to a three-year-old. So we just started baking uh, over the weekends at the house when I worked at UAB full time, but on the weekends, like just pastry everywhere. Um, and for me, the challenge of teaching myself, so I'm a self-taught mm. pastry chef, self-taught yeah. baker. And so the challenge of understanding what was happening and all the science behind it, obviously like yeah.
2: went right back to yeah. what I, I had. I immediately
0: thought that whenever you said, I loved math and science. Yeah. Was like, that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially it- with
2: baking versus, I mean, like cooking is a completely different art mm-hmm. form, I feel like, and baking, there's so much technical stuff to it. And then yes. when you can add to it and kind of like, create something new and different it's feel like it's quite a challenge accomplished
1: it is and I think that that's why I love pastry so much like Mm -hmm. it is insanely technically challenging Mm -hmm. um and to really dial in what you want to do and I think that's really why you know as my career has grown and kind of evolved from a pastry perspective that's why the French techniques are the things that I love the most because they are in fact the most challenging yeah um and I just, I don't know, like the challenge of that and there's, and it's, you know, we do a lot of fermentation work and a lot of sort of like living creature work, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. that yeast is a live, you know, a yeah. living yeah. thing. And so I love that challenge of like, okay, on a rainy day, it's going to act like this. Yeah. And, and on a cold day, it acts like this. Yeah. And how to sort of like move and adjust. Um, it's just really like, it's a really cool and really hard thing to do. Um, but anyway, you know, cookies. Um, yeah. (laughs) So, you know, we just started baking at homes on the weekend and, um, we started the, like developing quite a number of cookies and brownies and all kinds of pastries in the house. Um, and so we started packaging them up and we were delivering to the neighbors, you know, kind of around. Um, but because you know, why, why can't, you can't do anything simple. Um, so we would <laughs> ring the doorbell and run away. Um, and the the girls thought it was like the coolest and most hilarious thing ever. My youngest Eleanor think she is just like, a walking giggle. Um, and she just thought it was the funniest thing. And yeah. so um, we'd ring the doorbell and, like, r- you know, run down the street and get in the car and then watch people open the front door and, like, find this package of, like, lovely little sweet things. And so that's how we became known as the Baking Bandits. That's so because so people have been like, bandit is not a it's not a term that you normally think of with pastry. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I actually really struggled. You know, I've really struggled to sort of – call what I do bandit um and when we were looking at opening a brick and mortar Mm -hmm. um shop you know I I kept going back and forth on trying to find another name that maybe meant more like pastry right Right. but there was just nothing that I that's who I am right I mean they call me bandit at my shop before I ever had a shop called bandit you know so um just you know again it is what it is (laughs) yeah bandit chose
2: me yeah (laughs) I love it I do too, <laughs> and I think that the the story behind it like makes it mean so much more. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be something that is so technical and like cliche in a sense of baking. Like it, right? It means more, and it also it, just from like a marketing perspective, I feel like it stands out a lot more. It's like, what, bandit, it, like, bandit, what, is, what is that? that? A right? Pastry shop or exactly a what?
1: Yeah, what? What is this? And so. Um, but yeah, so that's really kind of how it started and, um, you know, it was a very rapid and terrifying progression after that because, um, a couple of, just a couple of months later. So I started baking in the summer with the girls and then I did a pop-up shop in October that same year. So October, 2013 revive, um, was like the first sort of like pop-up shop kind of, um, situation through Rev Mm -hmm. and my friend, Laura Kate was like, Hey, I have a great idea for you. You should totally do this pop-up shop. And she had been getting lots of bandit packages at her house. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Laura Kate, you've lost your effing mind. <laughs> right. I have two kids and a full-time job. Like I know. And it was like a, a one week commitment. So like, wow. It wasn't just like, Hey, Dang you know, yes. come down to mm-hmm. Woodlawn for a couple of hours. It right. was like a whole week commitment, um, and I was like, I cannot do that. Um, and then I was like, well, and so of course she's, um, is extremely stubborn. <laughs> and so she knew that eventually she was going to break me down. So yeah. she did. <laughs> um, and so I did a pop-up shop in Woodlawn in October, 2013. And, you know, I remember, and of course it was crazy. Like it's setting up a bakery in like 48 hours. Yeah. Um, and I remember unlocking the door on that first Monday morning and we had like built a pastry like a mobile pastry bar I had pulled an all-nighter trying to like make enough things and the entire time that I was doing this I was like you have lost your mind <laughs> right like this is the dumbest thing that you have ever done in your life yeah. um, no one's gonna come to this thing yeah. right um, no one cares about these things Um, Your friends were really nice to you when they said these cookies were delicious, Um, but the real story here, um, the real narrative is no, you know, Um, and I remember unlocking the door um, and it's one of of those like metal on metal doors Mm -hmm. and it made like this like just clank of like. (laughs) Opening, it was just this, like, it, it sounded like it, it, again, and it felt like my world was about to shatter, right? Because yeah. it was like, I have set myself up for the worst thing that I've ever done. Um, well, it, it turns out that wasn't really true. <laughs> um, and um, I, it was very unexpected. Um, and we sold out the first day. The next day, there were people standing at the door. Um, wow. The next day, you know, and really just kind of snowballed from there. Um, so... That was in October 2013, and we did the farmers market at Pepper Place. Um, I know we all sort of yeah. met uh, met on those very very hot uh, July oh, mornings um, at
2: 5:30 in the morning. Yeah. Um, I did that one summer. It was li- like literally made me question everything I was doing in my life. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what these things do. You're like, what in the world have I done? Also, it's 4 a.m. Yeah. I should be asleep right now. Mm, Yeah. Um, But for some reason, I'm awake um, and putting pastries into boxes. Um, And then um, Victor and I met, that was in 2014. Victor and I met at the end of 2014. Um, I had actually i was having sort of an existential crisis at about that time because i was still working full-time i was baking all weekend all night i had started this bandit box delivery thing where it was a subscription service um and i would just like deliver a box of surprise pastries to people and all all these kinds of things it was so fun right it was so fun i can look nostalgically on it and be like wow that was really fun (laughs) <laughs> um, it wasn't, uh, um, but it, it, again, like it was as, you know, as much hustle as that th- there is, you know, like make things, put them in boxes, drive them around the city. Yeah. Um, but I was working full time, two kids and I, you know, this had turned into obviously more than a hobby mm-hmm. and, but I was really torn because I was like, this is very unexpected. This happened really, really fast and in a year's time, I'm now questioning everything that I've done with my life. Yeah. Um, and it was like, I needed to make a decision because I knew that there was a, gonna, there, a fork in the road yeah. was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I decided um, to apply to the big pitch. And I was like, you know what? Here's another great thing that you're going to fail at. This was, and it was, that's what I, and honestly I was like, it, it sounds so dumb, but it was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. And I'm going to prove that I can't do it. Okay.
2: Yeah. Um, then that would be a solid answer. And then, and then I would I, have a then solid would answer. would have no choice but to go down one path or the other. Exactly. <laughs> and so. Got close. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: And I just, I couldn't make a decision. And it was so terrifying to think about leaving my job and how dumb that was. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. how stupid it is to leave a well-paid yeah. job with full-time benefits. Right. Yeah. Um, and I was like, you know what? This is, you know, great. I'm gonna apply to the big pitch, and if I win, just I mean how absurd this would be, right? <laughs> but if I win, I'll quit my job. Um, and but you know, here's the great thing: I'm not gonna win, yeah. right? I'm not gonna win, and then I won't have to quit. Yep. And then I'll be like, you know what? I was right all along. Yeah, this is universe fun.
2: made the answer for you
1: exactly. Uh, Well, it turns out (laughs) that's not true. Um, There were 62 applicants and I won the whole damn thing. And I was like, well, crap. (laughs) Um, That's like I'm doing this. (laughs) Uh oh. Uh, What, you know, what, yeah, what have I done? And, but I knew obviously that there was something there, right? And it was like the universe was just knocking on the door and was not going to take no for an answer. Um, And actually just a few, it was actually a few months after that. So I won the pitch. Victor and I met um, at a project he was also working on. I was delivering pastries there. And, you know, one of the things about the actual pitch itself was that I pitched a brick and mortar store, which means now I'm on the hook uh, to open a brick and mortar store. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, I started like trying to plan for business, you know, and where we where I was going to go at the time, I had an event space called the Nest. Josh, mm-hmm. you're very familiar. Yes. Um, we had lots of great beer um, wax that probably still remains there too. Yeah, uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was a space that I um, had intended for special events, but then the baking thing just kind of kept going. So um, we were going to open a shop there. Um, we we did not, but um, again, the universe had other plans. Um, and so I, I walked, my boss from UAB called me in the, that next spring. So just like a few, again, the, this is just a few months, right? Yeah. Like yeah. it was like every few months, my whole world was changing. Um, it was changing at home and it was changing at work and there was just, you know, me pursuing something that was creative was really causing a lot of stress, um, at home too. Yeah. Um, which sometimes
2: those things do. Yeah. Um, yeah and well you're starting to evolve into a different person. Exactly. And that is insanely beautiful, but it doesn't always fit the mold that you created for yourself. Yeah. Exactly. Um exactly. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> um and sometimes you have to break out of that mold. Yep. Um and I think that yeah, I mean and and I think that's interesting cuz obviously that's not a part of my journey or my story that I really ever share with people. Not that, I mean, I'm certainly, I'm a complete open book, but at the end of the day, I was really becoming who I was meant to be. Um, The problem was that the entire network of my life was created around a a person that I wasn't really, right? Um, Because I was trying to fit a mold that my parents and that other people had told me, Mm -hmm. like, Stay in the safe zone right yeah. um and and growing up, you know it's interesting, and i, I for me an on, this entrepreneurial journey has been so insanely hard, like mm-hmm. earth shattering life shatteringly hard, but also really super beautiful because like yeah. now I really do i think what I'm meant to do yeah. um but it actually cost me everything
0: yeah
1: um And because, yeah, I mean, I had created a world around what somebody else had wanted for me because growing up, my mom, like my parents were like, you know, Kristen, you're kind of a lot. Like, Mm -hmm. um, you're kind of a lot. So if you could just actually just be a little bit less of you. So like if 80%, right. So if you could just like 80% of you and then it would be great. You know what you can go to college and get a job that's and you the can acceptable get, version. yeah the acceptable mm-hmm. version of you the one that's easily managed swallow. right yeah.
0: do you do you think that that has a lot to do with you being a woman like i feel like that has done more yeah. to women than men
2: oh absolutely i feel I mean, like also did you grow up here I, or, well i grew up in, in, in the Dalton. south yeah i okay. grew up in the south and so like because i feel like that's a huge th- i mean I, you are like I, you don't understand how much your story relates <laughs> to mine <laughs> um Because I like, I'm literally actually getting chills with a couple of things that you're saying just because, I mean, we grow up and we want to, our examples are of another generation and Mm -hmm. of a different mindset and the, our parents, what they fought for are now our like baseline expectations, you know, like this was the life that I had. I had, you know, a family, a Kids, if I went to college, or if I didn't go to college, like I supported my husband, and this is what you do, and this is,
0: you know, you, what you, I want
2: for you is I want you to grow up, I want you to go to college, I want you to meet your husband, and then have a family and have a happy life, and that's that was my dream. Therefore, it should be your dream, right? And then the people who like us don't fit that much. <laughs> right? You try and go down that path, and you do all the things that you're supposed you do all to the do. Things, yes, and you, you know, go to college meet a man, get married. That's what I did. And then um, that's what I did. <laughs> everything seems okay. And you're trying so hard to make this life that you're supposed to have and you're supposed to love work. But there's like this void, like you were just kind of, I felt like I was, I say I was a hamster on a wheel. going mm-hmm. Like, and I didn't know I was on a wheel. Like I just, right, was you kind actually of, don't know that you're on a wheel. Exactly. Because this is the only life that you know. Yeah. there. I mean, there's nothing, there's no other option. Like you can't, you're just supposed to like, do Make the sure that things. every single day works out right, and that you get to the end of the day and then you start the next day and you just hope you can make it to the end of that one and then you keep going and keep going. And hopefully, you know, you might have kids or money or buy a house or whatever it is. Like, those are the accomplishments. Those are the goals. Right. And then you start to achieve those and you still don't feel fulfilled and you're like well, what is what's what is wrong on? with what's me what is wrong with me right no it's because always I'm about supposed yes. to like i'm i'm achieving those goals that were set for me but i am not i, don't, I feel, don't feel
1: good i don't feel good about this yeah, yeah. and Absolutely.
2: everything that you try or for me everything that kind of felt like me and who i was and my like dreams and desires like those felt inappropriate mm-hmm. and wrong and wrong and like you know actually ina- a I mean inappropriate. Hobby. inappropriate
1: is <clears throat> actually the very like I think that is actually in fact the word that I was would use mm-hmm. right and that there's just like
2: something that is like it's not necessarily wrong it's just not the way you're supposed to act or that's not the expectation right of who you're supposed to be and those things that you do baking or for me it was sewing like those are things that you can do in your own time. It right. can be a weekend activity, but you should probably have this job and do this thing and then keep going on that path. And well, that can be your minor release. Exactly. But then that release starts to kind of take over and you feel more fulfilled and the thing that's supposed to like just be a release is giving you more right. than anything else. Mm-hmm. And then your mind kind of goes and you start to like think about like what ifs. Mm-hmm. And then this is growing and this is becoming more of a thing than expected. And people are starting to recognize that and people are starting to recognize who you are when you're doing that one thing. Right, and then you have be... a
1: crisis. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. Yes. Because yes. it doesn't fit the mold. Exactly, you don't fit the mold and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, well, now what am I going to do, mm-hmm. right? Um, I have this thing that is choosing me mm-hmm. that literally will not leave me alone, right? Yeah. It, 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 it's like it is pursuing me uh in a way that I have never been pursued right yeah. Yeah. um and so like this is pursuing me but like this is not how this was supposed to turn out yeah. right like this not is not the plan. this was not <laughs> in the plan like and I had a really good plan yeah. right i mean i was going to do this and then i was going to do this and then i had to pivot a tiny bit but it was like okay well it's still kind of in the same version of what mm-hmm. i was going to you know what my plan was yeah. um but now it's really complicated yeah. i have two little kids and a full time job and now I'm realizing that I didn't love that job because the job was okay. Yeah. But it wasn't me. It wasn't like, you know, I I spent it was all the of 80% my time version of you. It was the eighty percent version of me. And then I ended up spending like eighty percent of my time daydreaming about the twenty yeah. percent um that really was me. And I've come to sort of say that like if eighty percent eighty percent you is none of you. Mm-hmm it's not 80% of you. It yeah. is, li- it's actually none of you. Yeah. Like it's nothing because you aren't being yourself. Um, and then you start making like weird decisions because you're like, okay, well, I'm just trying to please the network, this, mm-hmm. this fabric that I have created yeah. that I, I'm, I felt sort of like tangled. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's really what you feel. You feel tangled. And so um I, you know, realized that I had made a mistake, (laughs)
0: Um,
1: which is why we're here. Um, And um, yeah, I mean, I realized that who I was and who I am was really against the relationship that I had because, um, and, and of course, for him, it was, whoa, 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 like, I didn't, I also didn't plan on this, right, yeah. I planned on you having a regular job, like a regular yeah. person, yeah. Yeah. um, and the, the fabric is unraveling, and mm-hmm. I also didn't, I don't want this, I didn't want yeah. this, and so, it, but instead of sort of being able to pivot, and be like, okay, well, you know what, this is successful for you, and this mm-hmm. makes you happy, and, um, this is something that I is unexpected, but like, let's go do the thing, right? Let's yeah. go do this thing. Um, and I think for, I mean, for a moment there, I think you know, there was some, um, it was there was there was support, um, but in the end, there really wasn't. Um, and so, I I literally sort of like hit this fork in the road of, okay, well, if I'm gonna be me, then. I have to go this direction, Mm -hmm. but going this direction means that I'm literally going to lose everything that I have. Yeah. Um, and is that worth it? Right. I mean, is it worth it? You know, the answer is yes, but, uh, you lose everything. Yeah. So I did. Uh, and, um, and, and honestly, like, because I was, because I am raised in the South, um, in a conservative Christian house, mm-hmm. um, my parents were like, you are an idiot, right? Mm-hmm. Like you are such an idiot that you are choosing. Basically, I mean, I chose to open a shop against the will mm-hmm. of other people in my life. Um, and the day that I opened, um, my parents told me I was a failure. Like, uh, and, you know, so it's interesting from like an an outsider's perspective, yeah. you know, like, yeah. uh, you know, I think that, yeah, it, Baking Bandits has 30,000 followers, th- you, you know, 30,000 followers yeah. and like people love your pastries and like all of these other kinds of things, which is awesome. I mean, yeah. obviously at the end of the day, that's why... Uh, I make things because it it brings joy to other people, but nobody really knows that like, or they make this assumption that I have like a whole bunch of cheerleaders behind Mm -hmm. me going, yeah, you got this girl, you know, like, Mm -hmm. no, 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 no. Um, I I do now. Mm -hmm. um, But when I started, you know, I literally that leap. Yeah,
2: it does. It's not a conventional leap. It doesn't make sense to the conventional mind. It doesn't. And saying goodbye to, I mean, I did the same thing. I said goodbye to a full-time job. I said goodbye to all that. And I just kind of floated for a bit. I was like, I know that I had to say goodbye to that. And I, I did, I lost everything too. Mm -hmm. I had, I mean, I moved away. I literally like everything in my life was gone. Mm -hmm. And just sitting there, I was like, okay, this one thing that doesn't make any sense at all, like, N- not using my degree, not doing all right. that stuff. No, that I like it. Let's see. I'm not using so my degree that I
1: paid a lot of money and worked so yeah. hard for. Wait, I just gave up my salary. I mm-hmm. don't ha- Oh, and now I'm going to like basically choose to say no to this marriage that I yeah. have, which means saying no to this house that I own, yeah. which means saying no to a lot of other things. Yeah. And, you know, for me, I was just really just, I I was, I was really paralyzed Mm -hmm. because I have two kids, right? I have two daughters and, you know, growing up, especially in the South, it's like, well, divorce is the worst thing that could happen to you. And it's the worst thing that could happen to your kids. Right. Um, And so I was getting all of this feedback of like, you're ruining your kids. Okay. You, are choosing something selfish is what I was, you know, mm-hmm. that's what I was told. You're choosing something selfish and choosing yourself is the worst thing that you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, so you should stay in this. And yeah. M- a- yeah, girl, I know, right. <laughs> uh, I just, should-
2: remember, I just, I have, I've had, I, d- I don't have kids, but I've had all the same thoughts before. And like getting to the point where I was like, I can't be married anymore to a person who is, I mean, m- my story is just a little bit different, but It just was getting to the point where I said, I have to end this was harder than everything else. And I was like, why? Why? Like looking back on it, it's like, why in the world? It's because of all of the outside voices. Absolutely. Of people who are giving you their two cents when you didn't ask for any. Right. And just the South, man. It's like. I mean, I'm a huge supporter of marriage. I love it. I really do. But if it is unhealthy and it is holding you back, it should be a supportive relationship. Right. It's, it's should a partnership, like, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a and thing there's a constant that like... an evolution in each of us. Like we are going to constantly grow, constantly change. And that's in my mind, in the perfect world, that's what you signed up for. and Exactly. It and it doesn't work that it way.
1: It doesn't work that way. And, you know, thinking about marriage and partnerships and, like, future relationships and all those kinds of things, yeah, you, you find a person that, I mean, what I tell my own, what I will tell my own kids is, um, I mean, first of all, actually staying in a marriage for your kids is the dumbest idea you yes. can have because what it is 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 saying no to yourself mm-hmm. and so what you're doing is you're showing your kids an example of how to say no to themselves. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, um, and then
2: it's, it's not a version of you that's happy. Yeah. Exactly. Not, Which so will that's affect your relationship exactly. with your kids and, and their else. view on potential partnerships. Like exactly. In every form, whether it's friendship, platonic, Yeah, it's all, it, it's all relationships romantic, of
1: all, yeah, of, of all forms and, um, so, no, my kids will leave my house, A, knowing how to cook, yes. um, which is what started this, like, ridiculous journey anyway. Um, but but they will also understand that relationships are about learning to pivot, yeah. okay? Yeah. And finding a person that can pivot. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, no one tells you these things, right? Yep. N- not No one prepares you for real life. And real life is people are born, people mm-hmm. die, people get sick, um, Floods happen, Mm -hmm. like cars break down, like literally the whole world is headed towards entropy, right? Like I remember in, in one of my introductory science classes when I learned about the, like basically theory of entropy, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, well that makes a lot of sense. Everything's basically going to shit. (laughs) Okay. Well, cool. Like everything is actually degrading. yeah. Yeah. That is what the world is doing, right?, yeah. Yeah. and from a natural state. Right. Um, and so learning, I, I think for me personally, I think the the largest amount of sort of personal growth that I've had over the last few years is learning to deal with disappointment. yeah, because that is, again, going back to success and failure are betwixt. Um, to succeed as an entrepreneur, you have to learn to deal with disappointment. yeah, and nobody to again, Nobody tells you these things because it's not like, it's not pretty. It's not pretty. Oh, this is so much fun. Um, That's not a thing that you can really talk about. But for me personally, my journey has, has been amazing and, and, and crazy and so unexpected, but really insanely hard. The last five years of my life have been the hardest years that I have ever had. Right. Yeah. Um, And, you know, it, it is hard to sort of like stay positive and, keep focused on priorities of of what you're trying to do. So I think for for me, I spend a lot of time trying to remember why I started, right? Right. And, you know, what it is about my journey um, in owning restaurants and making pastries and all those kinds of things. Like, I remember – five years ago how much I loved to do that right yeah um and I didn't realize it was gonna cost me everything but then I was gonna gain everything on the other side of it right um but you don't know that you know when you're going
2: through it you don't realize how much of a rebirth it's gonna be right so it's like the things that you gained were never even things that you knew that you needed in the first place exactly no it's a complete rebirth
1: yeah Or actually just a birth because I was never, you know, it was like I had. You were existing. I was existing, but I, Kristen Hall, had never been born, right? right? Um, And um, I think that that's the greatest gift that I can give my kids, right? Is that they are currently being born, right? Um, They themselves, um, I'm never going to say to my kids, you know, you should just be less of you. Right yeah. now, I can say, Hey, you need to tone it down. Like, maybe there's a better way to communicate this, yeah. but like, that is not shame, right? Yeah. It, what is shame is 80%. Yeah, mm-hmm. 80%. Mm-hmm. And you don't realize again, like, you don't realize how much of that you're living in. Like, yeah, you don't know that you're a hamster on a wheel. You're, you just think you're a hamster. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes. But in, in fact, life. yeah, there's this other thing that you're trying to sort of be that you aren't yeah so um it yeah it's been a wild a wild five years (sighs) I know it
0: has this this is a mistake that's it for part one everyone go eat at the essential and Bandit. your tum tum will not regret it and tune in next week for part two of Kristen's episode thanks
3: my general formula for my students is folly. bliss. I mean, find where it is and don't be afraid to, to follow it. Can my bliss be my life? Well, love or my it life's will be work? Is life. it my work or my life? Well, if the work that you're doing is the work that you chose to do because you were enjoying it, that's it. But if you think, oh, gee, I couldn't do that, you know, that's your dragon blocking you in. Oh, no, I couldn't be a writer. Oh, no, I couldn't do what so-and-so is doing. Unlike the classical heroes, we're not going
0: on our journey to save the world, but to save ourselves.
3: And in doing that, you save the world. I mean, you do. The influence of a vital person vitalizes. There's no doubt about it. The world is a wasteland. People have the notion of saving the world by shifting it around and changing the rules and so forth. No, any world is a living world if it's alive and the thing is to bring it to life and the way to bring it to life is to find in your own case where your life is and be alive yourself it seems to me it's the power of a teacher is to it to bring vitality to others to make others see the vitality in them surely. well it happens that's one of the delights of teaching i mean when you're not teaching in order to have an easy job but because you, you really have something to teach and you love young people and you want to you know, give what you've done and found to them. And to see them come alive is, is the reward of teaching. Can my bliss be my life? Can my bliss be my life? Well, if the work that you're doing is the work that you chose to do because you were enjoying it, that's it. But if you think, oh, gee, I couldn't do that, you know, that's your dragon that's locking you in.
0: Jetzt sind wir so